0: الحمد لله رب العالمين حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافئ ومزيد والصلاة والسلام على خير النام وعلى آله وصحبه والسلام من الناوين التعلم والتعليم والتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والأفادة والاستفادة والدعاء على الهدى على الخير والحث على التمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسول الله ابتغاء مرضات الله وكربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praise it's worthy of a beneficent bestower of bounties and favours and we ask our Lord most high and elevated and glorious subhanahu wa ta'ala the everlasting to send copious and eternal blessings and salutations upon our beloved Prophet Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa, ala wa, wa and we acknowledge the, the traditional owners of the land in which we learn and teach and we pay our respects to the elders past and present. So Alhamdulillah Rabbil alameen, we continue inshaAllah in, in the book of assistance Excuse me. It's not. It's the book of intentions. Excuse me. By um, uh, Habib Muhammad. Oh, his name Saad bin Alawi bin Umar Alaidarus. And we we did the seventh intention last week, and we've just finished the revision. Inshallah, in the future, we'll try and do the revision on on live on on what's it called feed, whatever. Facebook. Fight live on Facebook, so the people who are who are um, following along at home, Inshallah, they can also get the benefit of the revision. So what we'll do, Inshallah, for the next. There's, each each week we'll do one of the intentions bidn al. So last week was the was the 6th, today's the 7th. Yep, today's the 7th. So every week we'll 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 go like <coughs> that bidn al subhanahu wa ta'ala so that way you can follow on if you're if you're using this text, this uh, this particular version, Guidance Media version, then this week it's going to be on page uh, 53 and the PDF is on page 47. So the whoever's downloaded the PDF is it still available on the on the site. Anyway. <laughs> whatever that means it's everywhere <laughs> Wherever you want to get it you can get it so the book of intentions and then it's page 47 on, on that one the 7th um the 7th intention so we'll start inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala niyatu al-sabia qala al-mu'allif rahimahullah radiyallahu anhum radiyallahu anhu wa ankum nafana bihi wa bikum al-niyatu al-sabia yanwi al-amr bil ma'rufi wa an-nahyi 'anil munkari li- liyakuna li- min khawas' ibadillah alladhina uh, ba'u anfusahum li لطلب مرضات الله فتأتيه البشارة غدا من عند الله كما قال الله سبحانه وتعالى الآمرون بالمعروف والناهون عن المنكر والحافظون لحدود الله وبشر المؤمنين هذا سنسوره التوبة فإذا أمر العبد إخوانه من أهل المسجد بتصوية الصفوف وإتمام الركوع والسجود وال و وبالتقدم إلى الصف الأول ووو بخلع النعل عند عند باب المسجد وبوضع اليميني على الشمال ونحو هذا. So if we continue inshaAllah in, in in the book like we said the seventh intention, um, the uh, call him alif the author says رحمه الله Allah azza wa jal have mercy on him because he's deceased Habib Muhammad, uh, may Allah benefit us from him and from you. Radilahu anhu wa anku, may Allah be pleased with him and also with yourselves. He says, Intend to enjoin the maruf and forbid the munkar. So 25, the, the definition of maruf. Imam al Haddad has said maruf means everything which Allah has commanded us to do, which Allah has recommended his servant to fulfil. Munkar, which is the opposite of that, is everything which we has, we has forbidden and or otherwise disapproves of. so as to be from among the special servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, seeking to receive glad tidings tomorrow from Allah, as Allah Most High has said, those who enjoin the Ma'ruf and forbid the Munkar and observe the limits of Allah and give glad tidings to the believers. That's from, from Surah Tawbah. If a servant of Allah asks his brethren in the masjid or in the mosque to straighten their lines, to bow and prostrate in the complete and correct manner, to move forward in the first line, to remove the shoes at the door before entering excuse me, to place the right hand over the left during the prayer and other such matters and forbids them from turning around in prayer, during prayer, and forbids them from turning around during prayer, from raising their voices when reciting, from neglecting. I don't think we went that far. So we'll just finish it with, and we'll do it in Arabic as well because it's, it's all in the same vein. It's, it's, I know it's a bit long. Normally we don't go that long, but it's, it's all, that's why it's one paragraph. It's all in the same vein about what Amal Maruf and Nahi Al and we'll talk about that. So we'll read in Arabic, just to Roman the the Nabi Muhammad alayhi He says, an وال... وال... So we just continue. Do we not say? It said, "And other such matters, and forbids them from turning around during prayer, and from raising their voices when reciting, from neglecting humility in the presence of heart. And the pres- and presence of heart in the prayer, from stepping over seated people, from inquiring about lost property, from talking about worldly affairs, from laughing, joking, mocking, buying and selling, quarrelling, and other such matters. All of the. Uh, we'll just stop there because it's a, like it gets lost when we when we keep going on. So, in, in terms of um, in terms of what what the the Habib what he's saying, in terms of the masjid specifically. So there, there's the. Amal Ma'ruf wa Naya Al Munkar, enjoying good as is sometimes called and forbidding evil. So that's the Dawa illallah Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, if you like, to the, to the believers in particular. But it's also wider than that. that it can be to believers and also to non-believers. So the Maruf comes from the word Uruf, comes from the word custom. So the word Uruf, the ma'ruf is that which is customary. And what what um, is meant in in this regard is um, in in terms of the Masjid. So the it's kind of mixed a little bit because the ayah is mutlaqan. The ayah is absolute. In other words, the verse that's recited there from Surah Tawbah is about generally calling to good, enjoining good and forbidding evil. That's, the, that's the overall what the Prophet of Allah was tasked with. Right? That's overall what he was ta- tasked with. Anything that's good, the Prophet accepted it. Anything that was munkar, munkar is to kind of reject it. It's it's uh, nakara is is uh, even in Arabic the nakira even in the Arabic language it's it's just a something that a person doesn't want a person turns away from or a person is repulsed if you like by so if you if you want to look at it maruf is that thing which is acceptable to people and and the munkar is that which repulses people and you know the difficulty these days is not much repulses anyone unfortunately misfortunely it's 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 a case of be and let be, live and let live, irrespective of whatever detriment, whatever might happen, whatever age group, whatever capacity, whatever sexual orientation, whatever financial orientation, whatever socioeconomic status, whatever socio-political, it's just a whole heap of whatever just, bold, because there's no truth. When people don't seek truth, the Sheikh Taj al al always to say, La baynum. And it's, a, it's a prophetic tradition. That Allah, Allah Allah curses the people where the tr- where the truth has been lost between them. So that's that's kind of where we're heading as a, as a society of first world in particular. But the whole world's like it's not there's not too many other than the first world at the moment. So yes, there's poverty people, but um, upward mobility in any society is to become first worldly, is to become like us and the West and you know Americans and British and Australians and uh, Canadians and French and Germans and all the other you know leading nations i suppose you could call them financially speaking or, or the powerful nations in the world so ma'ruf is that which is acceptable to a person and munkar is that which is repulsive or repulses an individual generally speaking and that's what the the verse um that it's mentioned there al-amiruna bil wa an-nahawuna munkari wal wa bashir al so uh, the verse there is generally that's that should be our intention, no matter what we're doing. The people of Turin, they used to train their children when they were young, if they had to run an errand, boy or girl, that when you go out, make the intention that you do maruf wa al munkar, enjoying good and forbid evil. They used to train them at, at a young age. You see something that's no good, you see kids, you know, making trouble, you know how kids are, they get out of control, do something to change it, or at least the least of changes in our hearts. And so, in terms of Enjoining good and forbidding evil. We're not just pointing it out. It's not, oh, that's bad. That's bad. That's wrong. We disagree with that. that. That can be a form of it, but it's not that. It's whoever sees which is the same word, right? To dissuade from that which is repulsive. So the Prophet said, Any of you who sees something repulsive, he didn't say call it out. It's not just about calling it out. He says change it. Uh, with your hand so first is the hand that's if in your own home in your own place of work if you're the boss if you're the manager whatever if you can make those sort of changes you've got the authority to do that it's particularly in your home whether you're a mother or father or older brother or older sister whatever the case might be or even younger if you can change it you must do so if and, that, and then generally speaking about societal affairs, <coughs> that rests with the Hakim, the ruler. Whoever's been ordained to have the authority, that's the individual that should be making those decisions. In other words, this administrative arm, if you like, the enforcement arm of government. So in, in, uh, in Saudi, they used to have the Hayat al-Anul Maruf or Nayan al-Munkar, I don't know if they're still around, but they were like a sort of semi-police force. They'd go around busting all the poor people for doing things that were no good. So that that's that. The, the fir, first part is with, with one's hand, in other words, to do something physically about it. If one can't do that, then with one's tongue. But the key is the change, and this is a this is the thing that a lot of people have been criticising certain people, certain tariq, certain sufi, saying, "Oh, they don't call this out, they don't call that out, they don't call this oppression out, they don't call this oppression out." Well, the the first part is amal ma'ruf comes first, what nahi al munkar comes second. So. If, for example, if, let's just take an example of China, what's happening in China. We know it's no good. We know that you know the camps they've got, the internment camps, against the Uyghurs, against the Kazakhs, they're doing these things. And we know it's wrong. There's no doubt about it. But let's say, for example, an individual, a sheikh, whoever, calls them out, says, That's, you know, that they should be whatever, they should be whatever, they should be whatever. Are the Chinese going to accept his dawah later on? If he goes to call them to what's matmaruf, if he goes to call them to what's right, if he goes to, is he, are they going to accept that? No. That's why the prophet didn't do that in, 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 the, in his Dawah. He doesn't just criticize or condemn people for the sake of condemning people. He doesn't. He didn't do that. That wasn't that wasn't the, the minhaj and nabawi. Because he, salatu salam, as we said, Al maruf al enjoying good and forbid evil. His take on it was to bring people to Allah and the prophetic tradition says I'm, I'm like a man who's built a fire in the desert and the moths keep flying into it and I'm trying to save them from another tradition I'm trying to save them from flying into it and then when he saw the, the, the janazah of a Jewish person the, the funeral procession of a Jewish person he started crying and sallallahu the Prophet said Well he's not even Muslim he said he got away from me he got away from me and that's that's a mother that's a manifestation of the of the of the divine injunction in the Quran. عالمين, that we only sent you as mercy compassion empathy sympathy for man or humankind specifically speaking so that's the that's the premise there's no point me condemning if I can't if it's not my condemning is not going to do anything my condemning is not going to change anything what's the point I feel good about myself I feel like I've done something or I feel like I've done something what what's the, what's the the the, um, you know, and and mentioned which mentioned the Quran about tadabbur, tadabbur, which means planning, right? Then there's got to be a plan. It can't be that everyone is willy-nilly just, you know, posting about what's that going to do? What's that going? And if we really think that it's going to do something, we're really fooling ourselves. If we think of liking or posting, because we know now with the algorithms that these. Companies have that they're only allowing certain information to get to certain places. If they don't like the information that you're that you're posting, they won't let they won't let people see it. Simple as that. They won't let people see it. So maybe when it first started, maybe it had a greater reach. And something goes viral, that's the possible maybe. But other than that, we're kidding ourselves. We're kidding ourselves if we think that. Liking something is going to change something in the. When I'm saying don't like. That's all right. You want to show people that you support that thing. You want to encourage other people to, to have awareness of that thing. That's all well and good. But for us, we shouldn't be thinking that there's going to be a change. There's not going to be a change. That's not the. That's not. Not going to make any difference. And you know, unless unless you have the intention that if you're pressing like, you're going to encourage someone to actually do something. That's a different story. If that's what your intention is. So that's the overarching role that we play as believers, all right? That doesn't mean we're the police. People get this, get this, like, you know, what do they call them, the halal police, isn't that what they call them? Uh, what, what? And I, like, I don't know why, but I've subscribed to this forum about halal food somewhere on Facebook. Like, I was interested because that's one of my uh, pet pursuits, I suppose. And then someone, is this halal? People have got no, like, knowledge about anything. Like, if someone was, a, like, a chemical engineer or something like that, or some sort of an expert in the food industry, then their contribution would be meaningful, right? Or if someone researched and contacted the organizations, the companies that are making those particular foods, and posted their conversation or posted the chat they had with them or something from their website, then that's useful. But just completely lay people saying, this is halal, this is haram. You can't just go and do that. You can't just go and say, this is, I think it's halal, I think it's haram. This this, this this legislature, and then the, probably those same people later on saying haram to vote as well because you know only Allah can legislate So it, it, it's not it's not how we do things. That's that's not how that's not how we approach things in in terms of how we are as believers. That's that's not how you know we we lead our lives so to speak. That's that's not the the way that it's done for us. But we're not the police. We don't go around telling people that's haram, that's halal. Do this, don't do that. It's but it's not an amr, it's an order. it's to enjoin, it's to encourage, it's to it's to pump people up, get them excited about loving Allah, first and foremost, first and foremost, that's the first and foremost thing as we spoke last time, if they don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not going to want to pray, and if they pray, like the, like the Imam says, there's no concentration anyway, first and foremost is that, that's the softness in the da'wah that we should have. People. All right, are being called away to all sorts of weird and wonderful things in our in our time, you know, people athletics and people in, you know, certain types of sports and singing and karaoke and you know and and uh, everyone's you know a, a social media influencer and everyone's this and everyone's a millionaire and everyone blah 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 blah. Everybody's a somebody. The good old everybody wants to be a somebody. Not everyone can be a somebody. Only certain people can be somebodies. The rest of us, we just do what we've got to do. It's good to be a nobody. Nuhi, mashallah he always used to say, Avduhur, yaksir Nuhi He said, in Arabic it makes sense. Avduer yaksir-dur. To be famous, Avduer, yaksir breaks the back. Once a person's known, it. it's over for them. They can't take a holiday anywhere, they can't go shopping, they can't do this, they can't do that. They that's it. They're under the microscope. If they do something, you know, intimate with their intimate in their intimate life, it becomes public knowledge, if they dress in a way where people don't like him, fat shaming, all the other stuff that goes on with people who are, who are famous. So not everyone can be a someone. It's good not to be a somebody. Some of the greatest of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Salihin like al al Allahumma anhu. You know that Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Ali were told, he, wasn't, he didn't see the Prophet, he's not a Sahabi, he's a Tabi. He, he was taught, they were told by the Prophet Muhammad a.s. to find him. And when they went to, to, to Hajj to find him to Mecca from Medina, he, he was tending to the to the camels, he, like he was. The, that's the lowest, you know. Someone who's the the animal caretaker. And then when the, the, his people and the other people in, in 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 Hajj found out that who he was, that he had a status with Allah, he said, "Allah, take me. I don't want my secret to be exposed. I want to leave it for you." Allah took his life, because his diet was accepted. He said to Sayyidina "No, I'm going to say, no, go seek his diet." Now with exact opposite, we got nothing. They made a sex tape, right? What's a sex tape? It's lewdness. I'm just saying how it is. And then all of a sudden, they're famous. All of a sudden, they're telling people, when you, when you like take a photo, do that. And people are following him. Look, under what authority based on... I know it's funny, but it's the reality. They're the ones who started that stuff. Who the hell are they? What have they done to make the world a better place? Nothing. It's only about themselves. It's only about themselves. It's the epitome of, you know, of individualism and selfishness when I order Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we're copying it. We don't worry about, all right, everyone else is a different story, but we, we our people, happens to me all the time, this is like, I want to get married to her. Like, right, send me a photo, send me a photo. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, send me a proper photo. Don't, don't send me a photo doing that. I'm not joking, it's a true story. Like if I, if I, if I was joking, it wouldn't be funny. Because it's true, like what do you mean like what What? and what's the significance of that what's the significance look research and you're gonna find it goes back to pornography when you research why they do the lips like that it goes back to it's a pornography symbol within like the guys that sag their pants that's what the guys in jail did That that the homos that wanted to have homosexual relations and we're doing that so you know when people sag the guys they sag their pants they show their underwear you don't know that one maybe it's from a different era Right, but the guys they're doing it, Muslim guys. The Muslim guys are doing it. For real? Like, really? Is that is that the sunnah we were gonna follow? So all all those things that are that, that are in, in the in the munkar category, we're not there to police these people. Like I know we made a bit of a joke about it, and maybe it's a little crass, but it's to, to make a point. We're not out there to tell people you're gonna to go to Jahannam, you're gonna die. We're there to to get their heart the and take their heart to Allah. If you, in your calling to Allah and you're enjoining good and, f- and dissuading evil, if, if you can't make, your, your goal, your intention isn't to take the heart and take it to Allah, then don't worry about it. Just keep it in your heart. Make the heart for the person. Wake up at night. Cry. Say, Ya Allah, I saw so-and-so doing this. I saw so-and-so doing that. I saw so-and-so doing this. Ya Allah, please change their state. Ya Allah, they don't know what they're doing. Allahumma ahdi qawmi innahum la ya'lamun Ya Allah guide my people. That's the dua of the prophets. Guide the people because they don't know. Allahumma la kafaru Ya don't make me a, a trial or a tribulation for those that disbelieve. That's that's the right attitude of those who who enjoy good and dissuade evil. That's the right attitude of those people. That's the right attitude of those people. Not you know I'm a, you know i the uh I'm the halal police and if I don't, if you know if you don't follow my way you're not even proper Muslim. Or you're not even kafir. You're not even A believer when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. That's not our way. That's not the prophetic way. We we Subhanallah. When we were with Habib Kadim amazing thing, amazing thing. Who did he get it off? He told me one time he got it off. It might have been uh, Habib uh, Abdul Qadir bin Ahmed Al Sagaf. Think it was him. He got it off him. That anyway, he met he met someone. Someone didn't. It was it was was Habib Ahmed. It was Habib Abdul Qadir bin Ahmad al Suqaf when he was sick in hospital in Jeddah. One of the nurses was a Filipino nurse. They're mostly the Catholics, the Filipinos, because of the, you know, the, the missionaries that went there. So he was, she was fantastic. She was best. And he said to her, look, I've got nothing. I'm so happy with the way you treated me, right? But I've got nothing good to give you. The only thing I've got is Islam. And there's a prophetic tradition that says, Man la ilaha illallah, once in their life, whoever says, then there's, they've got a chance to enter Jannah. He said, we, we believe that. And I'd love for you to be with me in Jannah. So just say that word. Yeah? This is the halal police. Opposite of the halal police. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then the the people around Habib like, went off. What are you doing? This and that. She's not even a believer. He said, yeah, but our job is to bring the people. Whoever says it. Leave it to Allah. We want to bring people in. You have know, Christian? Tell him, yeah. Of course. What am I saying it to you so you can tell him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so it's not the shahada. It's not to say, "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammad rasulullah because that's got to be said with atiqad. That's got to be said with conviction, understanding what it means, understanding that I bear witness that when I say these words, things are going to happen to me. I believe in certain things. I don't believe in certain things and I'm going to start acting in a certain way. That's different. So there's, he's saying, which is that's what we want. We want our deen is open. Our deen is open, it's not closed. Like, you know, when I was working with the Jews, we asked, I asked the rabbi, how long does it become, whatever. what happens if one becomes, this, this is for real what the rabbi told me. Like, what if someone wants to convert to Judaism? Well, we discourage them. What? That's what he told me. Why do you discourage them? Because, oh, it's hard to be a minority and blah, blah, blah. No, Whatever, that, that's their, uh, that's their, uh, that's their conviction. And then oh, how long does it take? Oh, two years, three, years. what? How long does it take to become Muslim? Ten seconds. 5.5 seconds. It doesn't take long. As long as the person believes, that's it. And that's outwardly to be a Muslim. Inwardly to be a Muslim, they've got to believe in Allah and that there's no Prophet after the Prophet Muhammad. Done. Whether they say it or they don't say it, end Allah, they're believers. So our deen is, they say that it's, it's a message of bringing people in. They don't get people away. So Apollo When we came with Habib Khalim straight away, we came out of the airport and we were on the wrong level. So they walked down where the cars walk down, where the cars drive, excuse me. Instead of going down the escalators at the car park at the airport, at Sydney airport, they walked down the ramp where the cars are. And you're not supposed to walk there. Habib's looking around. He's like, we I'm like no, we're not supposed to. He goes, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this because when people see us dressed as we are, as Muslims, breaking what ma'ruf, what's customary, it's not what's legal only, it's what's customary. Then they're gonna say, what's this deen? Who are these Muslims? They're gonna think, we, we can't do that. Like, look, look how look how great our responsibility is. That we can't bring the deen into disrepute, into dishonor, into disfavor. We can't do that. Particularly the sisters, sorry, you got the hijab, you know, you know, the sisters that pump the music with the Cs, you know. We always pick on sisters, but anyway, it's it's not it's not becoming. You know what I mean? It's not becoming. Like if I was to do the same, if I was to sit with a ciggy dressed as I am, smoking a cigarette and pumping the music, it's not becoming of me either. And if a brother's got a bit, it's not becoming of him either. So we, we, we have to understand that we have to give up some things, we have to give up some of our rights sometimes to, to make the deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala look as it should, right? And it's not to bring our deen into disrepute not to dishonor the deen of Allah جل, not to dishonor the Risala, the message of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and that's that's the amount that we want and and really if we're not waking up before fajr that you know little five minutes whatever before fajr waqt sihar then there's no da'wah for us we're not du'at we're not callers to Allah whatever we may think we are we're not callers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're not when they're honour, when they're al-munkar. We don't fit into that category of people. Salaamu Alaykum. Fadallah. Have a seat. Fadallah. We're not that category of people when I'll do Bilal Azza wa Jal that, uh, that I call for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. If you want, sit at the front. So. and then he says if you try to sit next to someone have you got a copy of the book? Oh, that would be sorry? then try and sit next to someone who's got a copy they got a copy there for you as well <coughs> so he says and then so as to be from among the special servants of Allah who have sold themselves for the pleasure of Allah because the the who, who's really, as we said, who who really has the, the risala, who really has the job of Amal Ma'ruf enjoining good and forbidding evil? Whose job really is that? Right? The Prophet of Allah. <coughs> that's his job, Alayhi <coughs> That's his role, that's what he was sent for all of humankind, for all of mankind, for all of humanity. Right? That's what he that's what he was sent for, sallam. <coughs> and so the Imam he says then, so he can be what? So as to be from among the special servants. right? That's how we become from the special servants. When we have the, the philosophy, when we have the principles based on enjoining good and dissuading evil. When, then we're doing the job of the prophets. Then we're emulating the prophets. Then we're trying to be like the prophets. And that's what he say. fat if you truly love Allah subhanahu wa taala, Allah subhanahu says, emulate the Prophet, and I will love you. So that's the special people. If we want to be amongst the special people, then we've we've got to carry that that concern, so to speak, the, the prophetic concern where he said that the moths were going into the fire and he was trying to stop them from going in. That's the concern that we have to have. And then that's, that's so that's generally speaking. And then he says, who have sold. Uh, he says be another home in the large time in another verse of the Quran Allah ishara min al-mu'minina amwa lahum wa anfusahum be anna lahum ul-jannah so another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has purchased from the believers wa their money and themselves be anna lahum ul-jannah and the recompense for that is the is Jannah is paradise in the hereafter is eternal happiness and eternal bliss eternal pleasure eternal whatever desires and and whims and fancies that we've got, we get to apply those, inshallah, and we we get to have those in the hereafter. That's what that who have sold themselves for the pleasure of Allah, seeking to receive glad tidings for tomorrow, that's the tabshir that we just said, and give glad tidings to the believers. So if a servant of Allah asks his brethren in the mosque to straighten their lines. So then the imam's turning specifically to what Amal Maruf wa nahi al-Munkar is in the masjid. Okay, specifically what is the enjoining of good and the dissuading of evil in the house of Allah subhanahu wa taala. He says the first one is to straighten their lines, because if our lines aren't straightened when we pray, that is when we pray jama'ah, then Allah subhanahu wa taala doesn't look to the prayer, He doesn't look to to uh, the musalleen, because the line has to be straight. In other words, we have to all be facing Allah subhanahu wa taala. Basically, as one body, and that, which hopefully would mean one heart. And then the more the more that's the case, the more people are involved. Like the hadith says. Um two people praying together is better than one praying. Uh, wait. Two people praying together is better than four praying on their own. Four pre- people praying together is better than eight praying on their own, and so forth. Allah loves that gathering of the believers. When the gathering of the believers are there, then the angel Allah's angels come and they, they're involved in the in the gathering also. He says to bow and prostrate in the complete and correct manner. Right? So the and and this is this is more specifically depending on, on who you're dealing with. Right, to go and just go around telling people do this and do that, it's it's not the best thing. It's not it's not the best thing. You have to have a relationship with people. If you don't have a relationship with people, it's very hard to advise them because you don't know their situation. Nobody knows anyone else's situation unless you get involved with that person, unless you, you know where they're from, and unless you know their difficulties, unless you know what makes them happy, unless you know what makes them sad, unless you know, the, the, you know the, 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 the distress they've suffered in life, the struggles and the challenges they've had in life. Unless you know what they are, how can you go over it? So what if it's Allah said it? So what if the Prophet said it? How is it applicable to that individual? It's got to be applicable to that individual. ادعو Rabbika, ربك بالحكمة Allah says, call to the way of your Lord with wisdom. So going around, you know, telling people that, but making the soft straight is a common one, right? Because mostly there's lines in the masjid, so it's not that hard. In the old days there weren't lines in the masjid, but now there's lines in the masjid, either put your toes at the front of the line or your heels at the, at, in front of the line, uh, toes behind the line, heels in front of the line. So that one's easy. And we want to make sure that our lines are straight and our lines are complete. I don't think that one's mentioned in here. Right, because if there's a gap in the in the uh, in the sof, if there's a gap in the line, then that's the doors for shaitan to come. Okay, and where does the line start when we go to, into the masjid? Or we're praying in congregation. Where does the line start? No, from the right of what? Right. MashaAllah. So from the right of the imam. So we don't say, for example, here my right. We don't start put the first person over there on the right side of the masjid, like all the way next to the wall, on the right shoulder of the imam. And the next person should come on the left and then on the right, then on the left, then on the right, then on the left, then on the, left, then on the right, then on the left, on the right, all the way till the, suf, the the line fills up. Right? And then if there's a gap somewhere, we should even if we're praying, we should move forward. If someone leaves the soul, the gap shows up, someone goes forward, whatever, even if we're praying, just take a step and stop, take a step and stop until we go into the line. And mainly for the brothers, but the sisters also, they encounter these things, Eid and Juma and other times, and they go to the Masjid. So even at home, if that's the case, that's, that's the way we keep the sufuf, that's the way we keep the lines filled, inshallah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, and then to bow and prostrate in the complete and correct manner. Because a lot of people cheat. So the Prophet said, don't be like the rooster that picks. In other words, up, down, up, down. Now that's something you've got to be a little bit more careful about, advising someone that they're praying this way, advising someone they're not praying that way. If someone it's close to you, if someone has a relationship with you, then that's good, alhamdulillah. You can talk to that person and say, "Oh I heard the sheikh saying, I heard the imam saying, I heard the prophetic tradition saying, you know we don't want to be of those people whose salat is rejected because they don't go down in the and and sit for a bit. They don't go down and sujood and sit for a bit. They just up down, up, down, up, down. And then he says, to move forward to the first line, right? now that that's important for us. Yeah, like when you go to a, a, a an event, whether it's an Islamic event, or whether it's a concert, whether it's a sporting event, where are the best seats? Front. Everyone wants to sit in the front. If you go to a basketball game, they call it courtside seats. It's right at the front of the game. When you, except the movies, that's the only place you don't want to go at the front. <laughs> the movies you want to go a little bit in the middle so you can see. But other than that, you want to be at the front. And so, same thing in the Masajid. In the, in the houses of Allah, that's where the most reward is. Like on Jummah, Juma, which was today, for those who didn't, didn't know, Jummah being today, that the people who go in the first line, right, it's as if they sacrificed a, a camel. And for the brothers, while that's not hard. Try and get to the, when, tarim, when we study in Yemen, try and get to the first sub. you got to come three hours before Jummah. Three hours before Jummah. The people are there, they come, they bring their little thing, sack, you know, and they sit, they make dhikr, they read Quran, they read Yasin. they read the whole Quran, they read whatever they're reading. They make du'a. In the old and in the older, older, older days, they used to go after Fajr. They could pray Fajr, go home, have ghusl, go to the masjid. it's still not, not light yet. It's still not light yet. They used to go with the lanterns to be in the first row. Because no one knows the reward of it. No one knows, that, as the as, as the, the footnote says there at 27, there are many ahadith or hadiths, there are many ahadith that relate the merits of praying in the first row. One of them is related in Bukhari and Muslim Abu Huraira, Allah who relates to the Prophet said, if people realize the benefit of calling the Adhan and standing in the front row for prayer, and they could secure these privileges through drawing lots, they would draw lots for them. In other words, a lottery. You know, back in the day, we used to put your name in the hat. Well, they we still do that, eh? Put, this is a better way to do it. And there's an app for it. I'll be, eh, there's an app. Just download the app and... Put you know they put the name in the hat or they draw straws and people, I don't, that's an American thing drawing straws more than a, an Australian. But putting a name in the hat that's what that's what that means. They draw the qura they call it, and and in, in the Sharia in the Sharia there's plenty of times like if people even in inheritance situations of if people have got a difference over the land and who should get which part they just put all their names in a hat they draw it and that's it that's the land you take and there's many situations in the Sharia where they just draw straws or they do qura, you know. Any meeny miny moe or not? One, two, three, it's paper, rock, scissors, that type of thing. Is that no any meeny, miny mo, eh? That's good that you don't, it's a bit racist. Alright, and then he says, they draw lots, they would draw lots for them, and if they knew the merit of coming early to prayer, they would vie with one with each other in hastening to do it. And if they appreciated the value of the dawn and evening prayers, they would come to them even if they had to crawl on all fours, right? That's pretty heavy duty. That's pretty heavy duty. But if you really want to get the benefit, the first row. So, but there's adeb as well, right? If there's, uh, there's, there's etiquette. If you and yourself, some old guys there, right, for the brothers, let him go. So if you're both going for it, let him go, right? It's okay, no problem. But otherwise, if you want to get it, you've got to get there early. Who's the best at that at the moment? Turks. Go see if anyone is Turk, who's a Turk goes into a Turkish mosque after the Avan. They're all in the Masjid before the Avan. All of them. If you want to see the worst, I'm going to say <laughs> All right, to place the right hand over the left hand during prayer. Right? The right hand over the left hand. That's for the Shafis. What about the Malikis? They do they don't, they don't. They don't. They keep their hands straight. So that, you know, that's one of the things that maybe someone's like, I've got a friend, he's a Maliki, everywhere he goes they think he's a Shiite. You know, they think he's a Shiite because of the way he prays, but he's not, his Maliki. And going back to the first row in Tareem, in Majid Ba'alawi back in the day, the first row was all Muftis. Only the Muftis would come in the first row. Then after that, the Ulama, then after that, the Hufav, then after that, the du'at and the regular, f- that's, that's how the Tati was even etiquette-wise, and we'll come to that as well how That works to remove their shoes at the door before entering. Oh, I would not miss that one, right? So, people not walking the masjid with their shoes and things like that. It's you know, a place that we said that, right? So, don't, don't be too keen on the right hand over the left. That's a sunnah and a the shafi'iyah. The imam is a shafi'i. Maybe someone's on another madhib. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe they're Shia. Some Shia, that's it. That's, what, that's how they do it. And today, the masajid are not. Are not dictated by just by location because people they're travelling around, they're working, they're in different places, all at different times. So one might encounter someone from a different from a different motherhead or sect even. And forbids them from turning around in prayer. So that's some people when they're when they're praying, you know they're doing they're doing they're looking around what's happening in the masjid, what's going on. So it's, that's makruh. It's not haram to do that. It's, it's, there's a karaha in it, which means detested. And from raising their voices from when reciting the Quran. Right? So we would think that if you're in the masjid you should keep your voice loud as much as possible when you're reciting Qur'an. But not when people are praying. Right? The the, the masjid is a place for prayer first and foremost. So if people are praying their sunan or if you know there's a second jama'ah, in there was a second congregational prayer going on that someone they're reading in the corner, they're making their voice loud when they're reading Quran. That distracts people. We shouldn't be doing that. And that's mobile phones as well. If you go into the masjid and your mobile phone's going off, turn it off. Even when you're praying, it's better to break your prayer, turn off your phone and start again from where you were and then make up the lost ruqah than to disturb the other people in the masjid because you get sins for disturbing other people. It's sinful to do that. So we don't want to be in a situation where we're getting sins while we're praying. And that goes for us as well, parking our cars in, in, in inappropriate or illegal places across people's driveways, in you know the parking lots of units and things like that. That's not part of our deen. And that's not enjoining good and forbidding evil. So that's what the imam's talking about. Uh, at the Kemba, every year we used to do. It. I, I was there at the masjid, and I used to and who used to be the first one to give it to everyone. Sheikh Tej. Sheikh Tej said, "If you don't park your cars, probably I'm going go to go to the to the police and tell them." And we went to the police. We went to the superintendent at Kamsi, and he's like having a conference with us. Like people always rag on the police about everything. He called us to have a talk, to have a conference with him. He's like. The Muslims, you know, your congregation in Ramadan, Taraweeh especially, they're all over the joint. What should we do? I mean, Sheikh Tej said, find them, tow their cards. He's like, no, no, we don't want to do that. Because he knows it's going to start conflict. He knows that the, the Muslims are going to, he knows, I mean, they're going to bridge up to the police officer, and it's going to be, the things are going to get worse. They're not going to get better. when So every, every, every Ramadan, Sheikh Tej is there. How, how simple is that, though, really? Really, if we had one iota of consideration, for anyone other than ourselves, then we would never do anything like that. But here's someone going to the house of Allah and doing a munkar. One time we were in the masjid, the guy came in the checks on the minbar. I was there, I'm not making these stories up. I know it sounds like I am, but I'm not. He's like, my wife's having a, a situation and I can't get my car out of the a, a medical issue, I can't remember what it was, and I can't get my car out of the driveway because someone in the congregation has parked their car across the driveway. Find the person. There's 5,000 people in the masjid. There's 5,000 people in the masjid. Find the p- like it's ridiculous. Another time the ambulance couldn't get in because someone across a path across the driveway. These are all real life true stories that I was there and heard with my own ears. How's that enjoying good and forbidding and dissuading evil when available? And they're ejecting people from their chushu, humility and presence of heart in the prayer and from stepping over the seated people. So sometimes some people come the first, second, third, up to the fourth, whatever's rose filled, and they step over the shoulders of people. That's also makruh, Unless someone's like a famous character in the community. Some people like that. Uh, Arabs like that. If someone's like a sheikh or a mufti or whatever, and they come, we used to do that also when we used to study. Sheikh Amal Khatib, he was, mashallah, he's one of the top jurists. If he came... He wouldn't like to sit because they're supposed to sit at the front and out of respect. But he would sit at the back and then we'd all just like move and it would just be a gap all the way to the, the person giving, probably Habib Ramad most of the time, giving the lecture. Because, he, he, but then, in, you know, that's, that's how it is. So unless someone's a person of status, that people would be happy to let them go in front of them, then we shouldn't be stepping over people's shoulders in the measure to get to the front row. From inquiring about lost property, Okay? It's makruh to go in the masjid and say, oh, I've lost my sheep, you know, because why? Because people are congregated in the masjid. That's why they do that. Or to beg for money. Right? It happens not so much in Australia, but overseas. It happens all the time. As soon as the, the khatib, the, the Jummah prayer prayers over, assalamu alaykum, alaikum, goes, "Oh, brothers, whatever, whatever, but there's committees for those things. Those days are over. Those days are over. There's committees. Most of the mosques have allocated amounts for for people in need and things like that. There's no point coming crying at the door of the masjid. And the person, this is the other thing, this is even worse, when they've got their shawl spread out, they're yelling, please give, and Well, the imam will say, look, please give to that person. And the whole time while the sunnah going on, person saying, please give me money. The imam just said, give the person money. Why do you need to keep doing a song and dance about you need money? The imam just said, give money to that person. So these are the things that, you know, Really, we should not be involved in, if those things are going on in the masjid, we shouldn't be involved from dissuading those things because there's people responsible. If you want to dissuade, go speak to the people responsible in the masjid, whoever's there, the amir, the director, the caretaker, whoever it might be in the masjid, tell them that Look, this is what's going on and then leave it to them. Masjid not the house. Right? They're not like they used to be. Everyone, not everyone They're not for everyone. They're for certain people, only for stakeholders. So don't overstep your mark, otherwise you'll be the one regretting it. Right, from talking about worldly affairs. The whole world you can talk about worldly affairs. Why come into the house of Allah and talk about, you know, I went, I saw, I bought, did you see those shoes? Did you see that car? Did you see this? Or people showing things on their phone. that are in It's it not the place for it. It's makruh. From laughing, right? Again, you want to laugh outside. It's not the place, it's a solemn place. It's a silent place. And subhanAllah, dealing with, with other people of other faiths, our, our masajid are the most bland, our houses of worship. There's nothing in them. There's no markers of anything. All it basically is is walls and lines on the ground. And then sometimes there's some calligraphy on the walls. That's about it. But there's no, no, no evidence of, of worshipping anything because we believe in nothing except Allah. Well. Allah can't be seen with the senses, can't be known with the senses subhanahu wa ta'ala so our message is different in that regard no laughing joking mocking right making fun of each other cracking jokes it's not the place and where do you say that the most taraweeh the brothers pray 8 and there's others praying 20 they stay for another 15-20 minutes talking at the back just pray the 20 you're not going nowhere why are you praying 8 they're talking telling stories I went there I did that I ate this for for f'toor. I had this. This, this, what they, this what they do. So what goes on. Selling and buying. Even that's Muharram. That's haram to do trade. Oh, later on. Bro, yeah, I want that. comment I'll take it. I'm, haram. That's it. There's no barakah in any of that person, that person, what they're doing. Quarrelling. What happened to us on the laylat Al-Qadr? Outsides, okay. But inside the, the actual mosque itself, it's not, it's not permissible. Uh, quarrelling. What happened to us, the ummah when two Muslims quarrelled on, on to, when the Prophet was getting up on the mimbar to give that when Laylatul Qadr is? It's, that's it. Allah hid it from us. What are you doing, quarrelling in the masjid? Want to fight? Fight outside. Fight outside. When we're in, even this Ramadan, we're going into the masjid. Two blokes that had a quarrel. One starts cursing the other one in the masjid. This is like it's not a true story. You're a son of a a, a, a mule and. Yeah, you got a head like a mule and. Uh, what? What the hell? What are you on about, man? Is that what you say in the house of Allah? Is that what you say? Is that, is that where you bring your quarrel to? Is that how low an individual you are? Is that how much of a scummy human being you are that you bring your quarrel to the house of Allah? And you didn't even do it with etiquette, yelling at people carrying on. In when? The month of Ramadan. So it's not even. We can't even blame it on Shaitan it's just purely the 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 ego that drives to evil when I, the, the nafs that drives to Taala, and other such matters if all of the above were done so I just want to finish this because that's that's enough for today because in English in the English version if we it's too long how about we just stop there then I oh, won't we'll finish it then He says if all, if all of the above Were adopted and acted upon Then you would have acquired An abundant portion Of the reward For those who enjoin The maruf And forbid the munkar and Let's say in Arabic Alright so we'll stop there